1: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better, Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us. Presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. SiriusXM X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're going to get into the NFL. It is put up or shut up weekend this weekend in the NFL in 10 minutes. We'll do a little something that we call questions and answers. There are questions that you need answers from Freddie Coleman, and Harry Douglas will do that in about 10 minutes. We also want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Jim Harbaugh, Big Ten put out a statement today regarding the whole sign-stealing allegations and the violation of sportsmanship policy. They have suspended him for the final three regular season games. That includes tomorrow's top 10 matchup against Penn State in Happy Valley State College, Pennsylvania. Michigan has filed an injunction, and a judge is going to rule on that injunction sometime tomorrow morning. To see if he's going to be allowed to be on the sidelines or not be on the sidelines as a head coach part of the big 10 suspension he can't coach michigan during the week he just can't be the head coach on the sidelines on saturdays for the final regular season games harry i'll throw this at you is this the right punishment for jim harbaugh do you agree with this punishment of jim harbaugh by the big 10
3: Uh, I would say this. Uh, Number one, I'm glad it's not the team that has to suffer, those young student athletes, right? And I think if you were going to issue a punishment and it had to go to someone, it has to go to Jim Harbaugh. Whether he knew about the situation or not, it's your duty as the head coach of this program to know any and everything that goes on from top to bottom. So that's your responsibility, and that's something that they actually have in writing when it comes to the Big Ten, so I, I, w- I would also say, when it comes to punishing Michigan, if you really want them to feel it, I think the thing to do is, number one, fine them something, some, some, something financial, right. a, a, a heavy financial fine. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe take some scholarships away. But that's not the Big Ten's responsibility. Right. That lies on the NCAA. So Tony Petiti was just doing what he could. Or what he thought he needed to do Mm -hmm. uh, within this manner. But I'm glad that they aren't suspending this this team from the college football playoffs and all that stuff going on. Like these kids, man, deserve to be able to go out there and contend and compete. You go to school, you only have a certain amount of years. I was gonna say three or four years, but mm-hmm. now it's it seemed like you can have seven or eight years in school. But they <laughs> they have a time frame to be able to contend for a national <laughs> championship. And you, you just don't want them to get, you know, robbed of that.
2: Yeah, the problem I have with the suspension, it has absolutely nothing to do with the length or who they decide to go after. I'm not saying that a rule was not broken, because based on what we've heard, that that rule was violated by a, you want to call him a rogue member, either way, he was still an employee of Michigan football. Yep. The Michigan Athletic Department comes to Conor Saylor, Conor Excuse me. The problem I have with this is that the Big Ten got bullied into doing something. And that's the problem I have with it. Yep. Tony Petiti should be very careful. If you got bullied into going after Michigan this quickly to lay down a suspension, instead of waiting until everything has come in. I firmly believe this investigation is not even close to being over yet. But the initial was enough for you to say, based on other schools and athletic directors and coaches saying, what are you gonna do about this? You better do something about this sooner than later. That's the problem that I have with it. When they were able to bully their way to have this really, really quickened and setting the pace a lot quicker for Michigan to have a suspension handed down on them. Not absolving of them of not absolving them of any kind of guilt, but I just find it really, really funny. They couldn't wait to fast track this that quickly when it comes to Tony Petiti, the, the commissioner of the Big Ten. Based on other people essentially calling him on the carpet, they brought the principal to his own office and upbraided him when it came to Tony Petiti, When we still don't have all the information in in terms of what went on, how long did it go on, and how much did Jim Harbaugh? No, as a head coach or any other head coach is a part of that program. If you're allowed to be bullied because of this, then Tony Battiti, you have a very shaky position, known as being the commissioner of the Big Ten.
3: And he recently got the job as the commissioner of the Big Ten. Kevin Warren, who used to be the commissioner of the Big Ten, he's now in a front office role with the Chicago Bears. And I can't help to think like if Kevin Warren was in this position, mm-hmm. would the same thing would have happened? Fair question. So quickly and swiftly. But I, I agree with you, Freddie. Uh, you can't have coaches and other athletic directors, you know, basically persuading you and uh, bullying you to make a decision quickly. Like you yeah. have to become your own man, your own commissioner, and stand on your own grounds because once you open those gates, yep. mm-hmm. I think other things are liable to be able to to happen or you are able to be persuaded in other ways as well. Yeah,
2: and I firmly believe this. It was If it was not Michigan football it was somebody else that was not 9-0 and the head coach was Jim Harbaugh, they might have gotten a slap on the wrist. Maybe. But, but because it's Michigan and Jim Harbaugh is a polarizing figure, here's where we are. And we still don't know if he's going to be on the sidelines tomorrow or not. at yep. After Michigan filed that injunction after the Big Ten decided to suspend their head coach Jim Harbaugh for three final regular season games. It is
3: 6.08 p.m. Mm-hmm. And that's a 12 noon game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And – Michigan, they're up in the air and don't know what's going to happen with their head coach being able to be on the sidelines yeah. or not.
2: Yeah. The pregame shows are going to be electric tomorrow. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't care what channel you're watching. We should be watching College Game Day, 9 a.m. Uh, to 12 noon Eastern time. We'll catch uh, Harry Douglas along with Christine Williamson and Harry Lyles Jr. on social media on YouTube, on social media with their College Game Day version from 8.30 to 9.30 Eastern time. Either way, those pregame shows well, I would say this. are, are going to be out of control. We,
3: we've altered – we start our show off every college game day with three big things. Well, yeah. those three big things are now being altered. Yeah,
2: Michigan, Michigan, Because of Michigan, these decisions that we,
3: <laughs> that, we've, that we have now, <laughs> the, decisions that have been made.
2: No doubt about that. Darnell in Mississippi, thanks for hitting us up on the Dr. Pepper calling line at 888-729-3776 to be heard on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Darnell, what are your thoughts about this Michigan side-stealing blow after math situation
1: i just want to say i love you so i love you guys so thank uh, you i agree with everything you guys are saying uh but you know what this this reminds me of a movie uh uh nick Nolte in that blue chip you know like uh he didn't know or well, he tried to know like like what was wasn't going on but he actually did and that was, that what they kind of remind me of i just want to say that yeah
2: you know by the blue chips one of the best basketball movies that's ever been made. My my favorite part is when Shaquille O'Neal passes the SAT. Somebody here owes my behind $100. <laughs> and he's, oh, that's great. You passed. Yeah, that's all well and good. Somebody who owes my behind $100. He didn't care about the, the test anymore, to pass, the SAT, the admissions. He's like, I want my money. I need my money. I'm going to have my money.
3: I won. Give me my money.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he passed that test. That's exactly what he wanted. Donald in Nashville. What do you think about the Big Ten banning Jim Harbaugh? for the final three regular season games, including tomorrow's game versus Penn State. But Michigan's filed an injunction to see if he can be allowed on the sidelines.
4: Man, I'm be honest with you. First of all, how are you guys doing? Enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. This, is, this guy here is something else. Man, I don't know why people are trying to protect this dude. This dude is, is, is the sneakiest. Um, he, he, he just got busted. It's just that simple. And my point is, now he get busted, we, we feel sorry for him. Give me a break. You know, we, we always talk about football. You guys play football, college pro. We always talk about the game is, is about inches, right? Well, those signals is inches. You know, that's the momentum of something like that. You know, is then he's going to take somebody's signals away by knowing exactly what they're going to do. He's he got the players who can, who can do it. Yeah, man, that, that, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's boundaries when you're stealing signals. When I say boundaries, you're in the same game, you're looking on the sideline, and you're trying to get gist of it. But it's not sending somebody to your away games and all this other stuff, the the filming and all this other, and break it down and all this other crap, and, and, and then come back and have a system set up so you can make sure you're still in signals of what they're calling from the previous games. No, man, that's, that, I'm sorry, man. I can't get with that. You
3: all right, first thing, Donald, I would say is that you are correct, man. Every inch matters. Don't let Pulse. anyone else tell you otherwise. If they tell you otherwise, uh, it's definitely a lie.
2: Now I would say this. Easy, their new Genics. carry on.
3: Well, yeah, I'm talking about on the football field, like you know, instead of running out of bounds, you stretch and get that first down. Uh-huh. Every inch matters, Freddie. Good. Every last one. Good Mine is you. like two and a half, three inches long. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand I, I, you, Devin.
2: <laughs> I told you to leave it alone. I told you to leave it alone. You I went right past. Say, you went right past the detour <laughs> sign. I was trying to help a brother out. I was trying to. But
3: <laughs> I. I, I I will say this though. I, I want to know, like, if, if if Donald played football at what level? Because mm-hmm. that's what everybody does. Like, I didn't know you couldn't go somewhere else and scout another team mm-hmm. until this entire scandal came out. I really didn't. I didn't think that was even a thing. And I know, like, from my experiences in the National Football League, I know a lot of scouts that actually go to NFL games to see what the opponents are yeah. doing, that they're going to play three and four weeks down the line. Yeah.
2: There are plenty of times, and this is one thing I think people have to realize about when it comes to trying to get that edge, trying to get that advantage, stealing signs, going about it whatever way. You still have to make plays on the football field, and this football game is there faster than it. ever before. You can know something is coming. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to stop it. There are plenty of teams that say, oh, yeah, they knew that route combination was coming. They still got to have the personnel that's going to stop it. Yeah, they were able to decipher what signs we were going to have. They're running a the route here. And the quarterback, yeah, I'm running a the route there. I'm still throwing the football because your guy can't keep it with my guy. So, not saying it's not an advantage, but it's not as that much of an advantage as people out there, whether they played or did not play football want to put out there and that is a complete misnomer that if you have somebody else's plays what they're going to call that gives you an advantage that doesn't mean that you have the personnel to stop it I'll give you a prime example the Green Bay Packers were in the power sweep all through the 60s every team knew it was coming and they still couldn't stop it people knew the Pittsburgh Steelers when they decided to invert the nose guard when it came to Joe Green they knew what they were going to do they still could not keep him out of the backfield the Bears had the 46 defense. You knew pressure was coming. They would tell you where the pressure was coming from, and you still couldn't stop it. You can steal whatever signs you want, but if you don't have personnel to make it count, then it doesn't matter what kind of signs you were able to try to steal, whether you're Michigan football in 2023 or anybody's tried to do this in football since leather helmets and the flying wedge was in vogue in the 1800s, 1900s.
3: I agree 1,000%, Freddie.
2: We'll see what happens, though, with Jim Harbaugh. Going forward, because he will be, may not be on the sidelines. Only a judge will be able to tell that. Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs. It gives you protection on the road and on the water. So see how much you can save at 1 800 Progressive and Progressive.com. Oh my goodness!
4: To the I've
0: got some
1: questions I want answers. NFL questions and answers. Oh, baby, give
0: me everything you
1: got. It. With Freddie and Harry. It is put up or shut up Sunday
2: in the National Football League. You could almost say the same out the Big Ten and Jim Harbaugh about to play Penn State, but I digress. We're going to get into the National Football League when it comes to questions and answers. A lot of big games part of put up and shut them up Sunday in the NFL. And we start with...
1: Texans at Bengals.
2: Texans 4 and 4, Bengals 5 and 3. Bengals feeling like that team, the Texans believe they can be that team. What's the biggest question and answer do you have about this one, Harry?
3: Well, I will say this, what I know about this football game is that both of these quarterbacks are playing at an MVP level. Mm-hmm. You talk about Joe Burrow, you talk about CJ Stroud and I love the way they play the game of football from the pocket. Joe Burrow, I think no one is in the National Football League right now does it better than him. C.J. Stroud, for him to be so young and be able to galvanize this team and also make plays, had a comeback win last week through a touchdown pass, got the ball with 40-something seconds left. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to seeing these two face off with each other. Now, the question I have, Yeah, what is C.J. Stroud going to be able to do versus a Luana Rumo defense? who has showed us time and time again in certain games that he's going to give his opponents something that he hasn't showed before. Yeah. Did it against the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in an empty set. When they went empty, showed something, played a coverage. Logan Wilson got an interception. I want to see what C.J. Stroud is going to be able to do.
2: Here's what I know, that Joe Mix will have an impact in this football game. When you got one ride receiving Jamar Chase trying to battle through the back injury that he suffered landing on the turf last week versus Buffalo, and you're not going to have another guy as well. Joe Mixon is going to step up and run the football. That's what I know. Here's what I can't wait to see. What kind of potential quarterback shootout that we could have. CJ Strauss, legit. 14 touchdowns, only one interception. And Joe Cool, Joe Daddy Cool, looks like that Joe Burrow we thought we were going to see the beginning of the year, even though that injury took him away. That's what I can't wait to see, what kind of quarterback shootout this could be in Cincinnati between those two teams.
1: Browns at Ravens.
2: Brown's trying to prove they belong after the last time they played the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't belong on the field losing 28-3. Many people believe the Baltimore Ravens right now, Harry, are the best team in the NFL. What do you know? What do you want to see?
3: What I know is that the last time these two teams played each other, I was on the call with Steve Levy on ESPN Radio, and I literally seen... The Cleveland Browns get punked by the Baltimore Ravens. But it's okay, Cleveland, because the Ravens do this to a lot of people. Mm. Now, what I want to see in this matchup, Deshaun Watson didn't play the first time around. He's playing in, uh, in this matchup. I want to see how Deshaun Watson is going to fare up against the, I'll say, number 1A defense in the National Football League because the Cleveland Browns feel like they're the number 1 defense as well.
2: Here's what I know about this game, that the Baltimore Ravens offense – Maybe even better than what we've seen the last couple of weeks, even against that Browns defense. That's how multiple and that's how dangerous that they're going to be, especially playing at home. That's what I know. What I can't wait to see is what is the Browns defense going to do about it, because Baltimore even said up that they won twenty-eight to three, that they they believe they left some points on the field in that game, and now they're playing at home, playing the full tilt boogie kind of offense we've seen. Good luck, Cleveland. Maybe your quarterback playing at a high level may not be able to save your defense.
1: 49ers at Jaguars.
2: 49ers trying to break a three-game losing streak. Jackson with Jaguars, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, winners of five in a row. Harry, what do you know? What do you want to see?
3: Well, what I know about going down to Duval from playing in the AFC South is that it's going to be hot. It's going to be muggy. (laughs) So San Francisco, those guys better get IVs. They better be drinking a lot of fluids, whether it's Pedialites, Gatorade, water. Make sure you get your fluids in them. Now, what I want to see, I want to see if this San Francisco 49ers defense Are they going to come back to playing football like we have seen them, Mm -hmm. accustomed to seeing them play? Not the last three weeks, but previously, last year, 2022. Is that still in them? Because what we've seen them display the last three weeks before their bye week Mm -hmm. is not great football defensively.
2: Here's what I know. This will be the most important game that Brock Purdy has played so far in his NFL career. When all of a sudden people are saying, yep, we wondered when you were going to come back down to planet Earth where now you're starting to fail the system Having a bye week to try to rectify some things, to clean some things up, and that defense is very, very good on the other side of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what I know. Brock Purdy's about to play the most important NFL regular season game he's played in his young in his young career. What I want to see is if the Jacksonville Jaguars' four-pronged attack can be stopped by an all of a sudden vulnerable San Francisco defense. They got four guys that can make plays. Their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, their running back, Travis Etienne Jr., their wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, and Evan Ingram, their tight end. We saw what Kirk Cousins was able to do with a running game, a tight end, and a wide receiver. I want to see if the forty nines have learned their lesson and make sure that Jackson does not do it to them the same way that it was done to them by the Minnesota Vikings. Saints and Vikings. Part of NFL Questions and Answers here on ESPN Radio. It's Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. The Saints, the Stunzelaga team I thought we'd see the beginning of the year. As a Falcons fan, no, you can't stand that. Minnesota Vikings, they lose Kirk Cousins, but Joshua stepped then, he looked awfully snugly making that work for the Minnesota Vikings. What do you know? What do you want to see?
3: Well, what I know when it comes to this matchup, I'm going to go to the Saints side of things. When this offense don't have the self-inflicted wounds, the penalties, the turnovers, everyone not being on the same page, they can actually be dangerous. What I mm-hmm. want to see, though, because I actually picked the Vikings to win this matchup, okay. I want to see how Joshua Dobbs is going to be in week two of being with this football team. If he was able to do what he did in week one, not knowing everyone's name, learning to snap count on the sidelines, I want to see what he's capable of in his second week there when he's had more time to grasp this offense that Kevin O'Connell is running
2: here's what I know that the Minnesota Vikings will not have it as easy with Joshua Dobbs playing quarterback like they did last week because everybody has a little bit of film it's not going to be that kind of fairy tale story like it was last week and that's what I know what I can't wait to see is if a team like the Saints are going to look like the Saints This team should be a lot better, in my opinion, five and four. They let a couple of games get away from them, and they have way too much talent on defense and offense to be in that kind of position or putting themselves in that kind of position. That's what I can't wait to see. If the Saints are going to finally look like a Saints team, I thought could be a very, very sneaky team in the NFC.
1: Falcons at Cardinals.
2: Your Atlanta Falcons, Taylor Heineken, still their quarterback. They may need, need a guy like Harry Doug's, a wide receiver. Meanwhile, on the other side, Arizona Cardinals, they get Kyler Murray back starting his first game since tearing his ACL last year. What do you know? What do you want to see?
3: What I know about this matchup, number one, for the Atlanta Falcons, I feel like this is a must win, right? You still want an opportunity to contend in your division. You cannot lose this football game to the Arizona Cardinals and then allow the New Orleans Saints, who's right now leading that division, mm-hmm. to win this weekend. Now, what I want to see is Kyler Murray is coming back. Atlanta struggled last week versus Joshua Dobbs, a guy that can get out the pocket, scramble around, and create. Are they going to be able to stop the creation of Kyler Murray, even though he's coming off an injury? Right. Are they going to be able to stop his escapability?
2: Here's what I know. The Falcons really need this win. They need it for their psyche. They need it for their coach. They need it for their youth. You can't allow a team that's coming in at 1-8 to leave that game 2-8. and you got to get this win. That's what I know about the Atlanta Falcons, a young team still trying to find a way. What I can't wait to see, I like what you said about Kyle Murray. What is this going to look like in an offense that really is not conducive to the offense in which he's used to playing, and they brought in a coach in Cliff Kingsbury, who knew how to teach that kind of offense, that air raid system, that made him successful in college, first at Texas A&M, then in Oklahoma. That's what I can't wait to see. How does Kyler Murray look in an offense that really does not play to the strengths of Kyler Murray?
1: Lions at Chargers.
2: Lions team, I know they're trying to get over the smart – beating that they took from the Baltimore Ravens not too long ago, meanwhile, Los Angeles Chargers. The Jets handed them the game, and they were able to take it and get that win to even things up at 4-4. Four four. What do you know and what do you want to see?
3: What I know is that the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert, things just haven't looked right this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know when it comes to the DNA of the Detroit Lions, even though they lost last week versus the Baltimore Ravens, is that that DNA sticks, two weeks ago I should say, that Mm. DNA sticks and that's physicality. What I want to see in this matchup, I want to see how Justin Herbert is going to fare up against the defense and the defensive line of the Detroit Lions.
2: Here's what I know, the Detroit Lions are going to be just fine. Yep. The best thing that could have happened to them was Dan Campbell said, yeah, this let us know that we are not as good as we think we are after what happened to us to the Baltimore Ravens. That's what I want to know. That's what I know. What I want to see is the Los Angeles Chargers can, you know, raise up a little bit, trampoline off what they did against the New York Jets when you're playing a much better opponent going back home and it's going to feel like a home game for the Detroit Lions. The people in the Hawaiian blue jerseys, they are going to travel. It's going to sound like a Detroit Lions home game which is Sunday, the Los Angeles Chargers should be used to anyway.
3: My neck so I think I need a massage, man.
2: And, and you're bringing this up. Why?
3: Because I just felt my neck. It feels really weird right now okay. as I move it to the left.
2: What were you doing that you what's need a massage? Like? Yeah, what's it feel like? <laughs> well, good question, Devin Cain. Did <laughs> you, br- you, you put it out there, Harry? Neck, what does it feel like? tight, Harry? Exactly. Yeah. You feeling all right tight,
3: there? Got a little, t- yeah, yeah. little tightness, like I got a pinched nerve or something. You feeling all right neck. there, Douglas? <laughs> <laughs> neck is really sore, man.
2: <laughs> on this Veterans Day weekend, there's a coach in college football that understands exactly what that day means on the field and off the field. He joins us next in Freddie and Harry. Make sure your neck is all squared up and ready to go on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: Joy! The Freddie and Harry Podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the
0: play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Go to shopify.com network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com network.
2: On this Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, together presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN app, Series XM channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN radio. We know about rivalries. Maybe the best three-pronged rivalry involves three teams that compete for a trophy that means more to them than anything else, the Commander-in-Chief trophy. When you have Army, you have Navy, and you have Air Force. And they have one of the best coaches in the country when it comes to Troy Calhoun. Always a pleasure having him talk about Veterans Week and also what that means to his program and other stuff involved in college football. He joins us here on Freddie and Harry. Hit him on social media at Coach T. Calhoun. And, Coach, we understand Veterans Week and always means a lot to so many people coaching at a military institution, what does that day, that week, really mean to you and your program at Air Force?
5: Yeah, yeah, so true, guys. And, again, just thank you so much for recognizing uh, our service members, you know, by what you do and what you share with people uh, all over the globe. And, uh, you know, ironically, we're out in Honolulu right now as we play Hawaii tomorrow evening. And uh, on, on November 11th, and, uh, yes. you know, just you think of what happened here way, way, way back on December 7th, 1941, and uh, and thereafter just how many people we have that, uh, that have served to make our country a better place. And I think we all agree there might not be a better virtue, uh, yet we don't ever assume that it's automatic and that would be liberty.
3: That's a great way to put it, Amen. Coach. And, and I have to ask you – when you think about Veterans Day, what does it mean to you personally?
5: Well, there are men and women not only that uh, that have made the ultimate sacrifice, that have passed. Uh, I, I tell you, you, just, you think of our service members, our young men and young women here at the United States Air Force Academy, uh, the oath that they've taken to go serve and to go fight wherever that may be, and uh, they don't handpick their location uh that way it's um it's wherever they're sent and it's uh you know that that absolutely hits home as far as hitting you in the heart and especially those that are deployed because when you're deployed that means you're away from your family too
2: how do you coach players in this environment and what i mean by that is everybody has to concern themselves with transfer portal nil But it's a different kind of athlete that you're coaching, and you love being a coach of Air Force. What is it like trying to have young men like that be a part of college football in these modern times, that where we are in college football, Coach Calhoun?
5: What an awesome question. I mean, it's, I don't, like I tell our coaches all the time, I say, guys, we we got the hardest job in the country uh, in the sense that. You know, you gotta. when it comes to the recruiting part of it, you're looking for a rare person, somebody that's exceptionally bright, a 3-5 student, or still test mandatory, so that's either a 1250 SAT or a 27 ACT, and, and lo and behold, they have to be willing to serve, and somewhere in there, we'd also like to be competitive when it comes to sports, <laughs> and specifically with football, and, uh, and yet we live in the reality. You know, each home that you go into... Uh, You are asked about NIL. Uh, We have guys that do enter the transfer portal, yet we do not bring in any transfers, and uh, we do not have NIL, and so, uh, yeah, it makes it for a really, really tough job. Now, what is moving? The maturity and uh, really the the dedication of the 19- and 20-year-olds that we have here at the Air Force Academy.
3: Coach, right now you guys are 8-1, and one and you're playing tomorrow in Hawaii, like you said, on Veterans Day. Does this game mean more because it's being played on Veterans Day for you guys?
5: Well, I, I, our guys, I mean, absolutely are aware of, you know, the commitment that they've made. And uh, they're very, very in tune uh, with history. Uh, that is a part of being at the academy. Uh, maybe certain things that you know that, that we've done, whether it's within the Air Force or with our military members here over the last 250 years, they're well aware of events uh, across our country, uh, and they're absolutely in tune with things that are happening all over the globe, whether it's in you know Korea or potentially in China or in the Middle East. And so, uh, hmm. sure, it hits you in the heart. Wow.
2: A man who played at the Air Force Academy, now the head coach of Air Force, Troy Calhoun. Hit him on social media. at Coach T. Calhoun joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I mentioned a 3 prong rivalry, that is, your school, Army, and Navy. Watching the game last week, over 52,000 people, the Broncos played. That was a tough loss, especially when it has gotten bitter and bitter between both of these schools involving you and Army, and it's really bitter but respectful involving all three. What is it like to have been in that rivalry as a player and being in a rivalry as a coach and dealing with a loss for the Commander Chief Trophy involving this rivalry, Coach Calhoun?
5: Just you think of each member of the respective student bodies and, again, the commitment that they've made to go forward to serve uh, our country and t- just how admirable, how respectful, uh, and how moving that is. and uh, And then you add to it just like you said you know the football part of it too
3: so coach i want want to ask you about the integrity of the game um where are you at when it comes to that especially like when you're when you're coaching your players and you know you're delivering your message you see everything that's going going on going on across college football what's your take when it comes to the integrity of the game
5: well i think you know we encourage our guys and i and i think by and large they're very very receptive that no matter what you do, whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, or anything you ever do, you should never, ever, ever have to preface it with, hey, don't say anything to anybody else. Or, you know, if somebody truly wants to follow you 24-7, just the way you live, really shouldn't bother you. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's uh, that's something that, uh, you know, just not only is, you know, what you do as a worker, but again, just the way you live day in, day out.
2: I've been to your campus to see Army play Air Force. It's one of the more perfect places to watch a football game when it comes to Falcon Stadium. For those who haven't been there, Coach Calhoun, what's the one word you use to describe where Air Force plays football at each and every home game?
1: I'm
5: just incredibly exciting. I mean, when you play at Falcon Stadium, uh, to see the cadets march on to Falcons, you know, onto Mm -hmm. the field and know Mm -hmm. that – each one of them that's also we're going to march on when it's time to earn their commission as an officer and a leader for our country. And yet at the same time, I mean, right as you're about ready to kick that ball off, you look Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. down to the south right over the scoreboard and buzzing over the tops a couple left, 15s or a C-17 or something like that, you just realize this is the greatest place there is when it comes to college football. And if you're sitting on the other side uh, or along I-25 to be able to see where it says Air Force on the on the third ring up there, and uh, and lo and behold, just uh, mm. not too bad when you see Pikes Peak in the background no either. No doubt, no Co- doubt.
3: Coach Calhoun, tell me this: this is say hypothetically, you have some free time to you know pamper yourself. What are some of the things that you're doing on your off time to be able to you know reset and you know just refocus on things that you have coming up?
5: What, you know, I love that you asked that because, I and mean, we all need that, right? I mean, there's got to be something that um, provides you a little bit of equilibrium or balance. And, uh, I know this I love being around our players and, you know, getting away from a football setting. Uh, we try to have them over to our home as much as we possibly can and try to grill steaks or burgers or Amanda makes homemade <laughs> mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. And I think the other part, too, is you just, uh, Somehow you you got to take care of your body. I mean, ultimately, you know, your mind and even more so the spirit that you have, there's got to be a way where you have some respect for your flesh. So I think there's something to really being able to work out and try to be pretty dedicated that way too.
2: A man who is dedicated to not just football, but making lives better on off the football field, one of the best coaches in the country. He is Troy Calhoun, the Air Force football head coach. They're trying to make themselves 9-1. They play Hawaii in Hawaii. He joined Freddie and Harry on Freddie and Harry, the ESPN Radio. Coach, thank you so much for the time, and thank you so much for your great message about Veterans Day, what it means to your program on off the football field. Good luck versus Hawaii tomorrow. Take care and be well.
5: Thank you, Freddie and Harry. Thank you for recognizing our veterans. Have a good day. You too, my friend.
2: We always are proud to recognize that it's Veterans Week here at ESPN. We always honor all military personnel who are actively serving, veterans who have served like one of my best friends, Danelle Bailey, who served in the Navy, and those who made the ultimate sacrifice. We want to make sure that military personnel, military spouses everywhere are worth ESPN's continued support of disabled American veterans, DAV, when it comes to career fairs that connect them to make sure that jobs are waiting there for them. So go to DAV.org. That is DAV.org. And other news, is usually good. It's going to be even better because we involve our football picks and a crocodile bit a man. And a man bit that crocodile back. Uh-huh. That strange story next on Freddie and Harry on the sharp, ESPN Radio.
1: On the, ESPN
3: the
1: Freddie and Harry Podcast.
0: Love Friday.
2: On the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance with Harry Douglas. and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80 and always tell that smart speaker if you are to play ESPN Radio. We always love our ESPN Radio family. Except on this day and on this weekend because that's when things get really crucial involving the NFL.
1: This is a challenge. Challenge. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge.
2: So last week we went 3-0. and That was good. But we're still behind in the standings. That's bad. Carlin versus Joe, they went 3-0. and They are 26-1 and in the year. Game night with Q Myers, nineteen seven and one We're in third place at 17-9-1 like behind it's a 15-11-1. Amber and Ian at 12-14-1. And, and poor Greeny and Himbo, 8-18-1. Eight, they keep this up. They're going to be relegated to Woo. ESPN Radio in Duluth, Minnesota. They keep playing this bad when it comes <laughs> to Greeny and his NFL picks. So those are the standings after week nine. Now, we always take the pulse of the room, which means the room always wins. So we got three games. Let's get to it with maybe the biggest game of the weekend.
1: 49ers at Jaguars.
2: 49ers playing on the road in Jacksonville. That game at 1 o'clock Eastern time this Sunday in ESPN Radio. Three-point favorite by the San Francisco 49ers. I'll start first. I think the 49ers win this game by more than three. I know Jacksonville, they believe they're on the come-up, but San Francisco, I think they cleaned out some things. Harry, I believe firmly believe that guys coming back are going to help. I think they get back to being the 49ers we've seen. I think they win this game by more than three.
3: Yeah, I think the 49ers need this football game. I also like that they're getting guys back. They're coming off a bye week as well. San Francisco, give me the three. I like them.
2: All right, Devin King, what you got, my friend?
1: If Debo Samuel wasn't in... I, I might go take the points with the Jags. Uh-huh. I still need to see it from Brock Purdy. Okay, Debo Samuel's back. That's his security blanket. All right. I'm, I, I agree with you guys. <laughs> Can 49ers. you just
3: make your your answer? Forty those say shade on Brock Purdy.
2: No, he can't do that.
3: Jeez. You know what I gotta do?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, Mark Morales. Where do you stand?
0: So I'm actually going to go Jaguars here. What? Okay. I think they're the real deal. We don't. I know we don't really talk about them a lot. They feel like they're disrespected. We had Foye kind Oluokun of on a few weeks ago on the mm, weekends. Yes. He feels the same way. That's okay. how the locker room feels. Right. This is going to be the game that's going to put them on the map and going to earn their respect.
2: Okay. Shannon Penn, what about you?
0: What Mark said.
2: Okay. The room won three to two. So yeah. When you think about it, the last two opinions really didn't matter because the room always said that a 49 is going to win by more than three.
1: Browns at Ravens.
2: Six and a half point favorite. The Baltimore Ravens are at home taking on the Cleveland Browns the last time these two met. The Baltimore Ravens beat the fool out of the Cleveland Browns 20-3, and it wasn't that close. So we go in reverse order this time. Shannon Penn, Ravens, six and a half point favorites. Where do you stand?
0: Six and a half is a lot of points. Give me the Browns plus the six and a half.
2: All right. Mark Morales, what about
0: you? The Ravens are the better team, and they have a high-powered offense. I know Cleveland's got a good defense, but I'm going to go Lamar Jackson here in the Ravens. All right, Devin Kane.
1: These games are normally pretty close in the AFC North, and the Browns have a really good defense to mi- not absolutely take out Lamar Jackson, but neutralize him a little bit. Right. Give me the points. Give me the Browns. All
3: right.
2: Harry Douglas.
1: Ooh, here
3: two, we go. 2-1
2: one, one in favor of the Browns right now. See,
3: what I like about the Baltimore Ravens, whenever, wherever, whatever. Oh, Maxwell, well done. They down for that action no matter what. Lamar Jackson is healthy. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Me
2: too. I'm still not trusting that Deshaun Watson is all the way back, and I know how the Ravens' defense is going to play. I know how the offense is going to play. That Browns' defense is really, really good. That Ravens' defense – is going to be better, and they're going to be better again on Sunday. i like the Ravens to win by more than six and a
1: half. Lions at Chargers.
2: Lions a three-point favorite against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Lions, yeah, the last time we saw them on the football field, it did not end well for them against the Baltimore Ravens. They're just better than the Chargers. I'll go first this time. The Lions are going to win this game, Harry, by more than three points.
3: Yeah, I'll go second like Coach Dan Campbell would do. Let me put a big old dip in my lip. You know what? (laughs) We're going to go, and we're going to approach them, and we're going to be the more physical team. And we're going to bury them over and over again. I'm going with the bite kneecaps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Devin Kane, what you got, my friend? I'm not
1: sure how I follow that one. Good luck. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Lions as well. Right. I, I don't love that we're about to take all favorites. I, know, I, I know. never sits well with me, but yeah. of all the ones I, of these games, I feel most comfortable with this.
2: Okay. Mark me Morales.
0: I'm, I'm going Lions, going to keep it short and sweet here.
2: Attaboy. Shannon Penn.
1: What
3: up, though? Give me them lines. <laughs> <laughs> so those
2: are our picks. 49s ers a three-point favorite against Jacksonville. We're taking the 49ers to win by more than three. Baltimore Ravens are six and a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home to take on the Cleveland Browns. We think they win by more than that amount. And the Lions a three-point favorite on the road against Los Angeles. Chargers, we believe the Lions, the whole room believes the Lions will win by more than three. Here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Each and every night around this time, if you missed out on anything in the world of sports, outside the world of sports, we make
1: sure you are caught up like this. They may not be the top stories of the day in other news but you need to be in the know this is in other news
2: normally when a crocodile bites a human being the human being doesn't survive unless you're <laughs> someone who shall remain nameless colin Deverell who's an austrian cattle farmer he's going to leave the hospital after nearly a month in it after he got bitten by a crocodile and he escaped by biting the crocodile back what he was walking in a retorted river northern australia to take care of some fencing He saw fish clustering in a billabong. I don't know what that means in Australian, but I don't care. Which is a pond left behind when the river changes course or floodwaters ebb. He thought there was something else in the water beside the fish. He turned to leave and he took two steps. And I'm going to say his words word for word. The dirty bastard latched onto my right foot. It was a big grab. He shook him like a rag doll, tried to pull him back in the water. He tried biting and kicking, and then he chomped down into the re- only remotely a vulnerable on of crocodile, the eyelid. He said the whole thing took eight seconds, but he bit the eyelid, the crocodile let go, and he's able to survive. By the way, Colin Deverell's in his mid 60s.
3: Man, the fact that he even knows where to bite him at. Wait, hey, but before we go, man, Freddie, uh-huh. um, I want to shower uh, all our veterans with love. Amen. Man. My grandfather, Harry Douglas Jr., was born in Vietnam. My uh, great-grandfather, Harry Douglas Sr., World War II. Um, we got to continue to show love to all our veterans.
2: No doubt about that. And uh, show love to every veteran that's out there because they've earned it and they deserve it no matter where they served or what time they served. Amber and Ian coming your way next. Have a great weekend. This has been Freddie
1: and Harry on the Mighty ESPN Radio. (laughs)